I need to know that if I risk sharing this with you, that you're not going to destroy it, that you're not going to use it against me. And in romantic relationships, obviously this is really difficult because it requires a lot of vulnerability and too many women, I think are afraid of trusting and they're afraid of not trusting. Okay. I know that, <laughs> but that's the problem, right? It's a bit of an oxymoron. We get stuck in that in-between place where we're afraid to show somebody that we don't trust them and we're afraid to trust them, right? We, we want to have it both ways because that's where it feels the safest. Of course, trusting requires an, a tremendous amount of courage and vulnerability. And really the trust has to be there before the courage can show up. To trust is to be vulnerable. It's to open your heart and to let someone in, not knowing if they're going to cherish your heart or break it. We are starting today talking about trust issues. Trust issues are going to be our theme for the entire um, month of October. And I'm really excited about this because I know that it's an issue that comes up for all of us. There's, there's no way to get around trust issues. Trust is something that is hard to develop. It's a skill set and it takes a lot of intention and being deliberate about what you're doing and why you're doing it. So today, today we're going to talk about exactly what all of that means. And we're going to do this in a four-part series. So today we're going to talk more about the anatomy of trust. What is it? How do we identify it? How do we use it? Who do we trust? That kind of thing. And in the coming weeks, we're going to dive more into how to heal from broken trust, how to begin to trust again, and how to really focus on trust in your romantic relationships. But today is a little bit more of an overview, and this is going to apply to all of your relationships, whether it's a romantic relationship, a parent-child relationship, a relationship with your siblings, boss, friends, it doesn't matter. Because if we're going to have genuine connection, there needs to be trust involved. Okay. And so my goal here today is to help you to really understand where you're at in regards to trust. Are you very trusting? Who do you trust? Why do you trust? And what does it all mean to you? I want to give you the groundwork to have a really valuable conversation about this going forward. But of course, I really want this to be Christ-centered. I want to ground this in our faith, in our spirituality, whatever that looks like for you. For me, my faith is rooted in Christ, and it's a very spiritual practice rather than a religious practice. And it comes down to understanding and taking responsibility for what I am responsible for and releasing responsibility for the things I can't control. So we're going to start with a prayer. Okay. So I'd love for you to just ground yourself in this prayer with me. Take a moment, take a deep breath, be here in this moment. This is one of the kindest things you can do for yourself is just to 
learn a little bit more about the things that are going to serve you in your life going forward and grounding that in the wisdom of God. So let's take that moment now. Lord, we are gathered here as a group of women, a sacred circle of women who are committed to love, who are committed to relationship, who are committed to the power that connection creates. And we are here to establish strong, healthy relationships that are rooted in our love for you. Lord, we pray that through our conversation, you would create a sacred space where each one of us who are gathered here today can feel safe, can feel the move of the Holy Spirit, really getting into our hearts and our minds and exposing some of the lies that we're conditioned to believe and allowing us to experience the truth, which sets us free. Lord, we pray that you would guide this conversation, that you would hold our hearts in the palm of your hand, and that you would help us to see ourselves the way you see us. For all of this, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay. If I am new to you, my name is Sapphire Lily Matongwiza, and I am a Christ-centered love and relationship coach. My goal is to help women get into healthy, long, lifelong, forever love relationships and marriage. And one of the ways that we do that is by really understanding that trust is the cornerstone of any relationship, whether it's with your partner, a friend, or even God. And it's a topic that I've heard a lot of people in our group express concerns over recently. And I want to help guide you through that. So what is trust? Let's just start by establishing a a simple definition that trust really means a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, and the ability of someone or something. It's the foundation which all relationships are built upon. And without it, there's, there's really no love. There's no friendship. There's no divine connection. Of course, we can love without trust, but we'll, but it's, it's not going to be reciprocal, right? Trust really means that what I value, I believe is safe with you. Okay. I am willing to risk the thing that I think is really valuable. Maybe it's your heart. Maybe it's your life. Maybe it's all of these things. I need to know that if I risk sharing this with you, that you're not going to destroy it, that you're not going to use it against me. And in romantic relationships, obviously, this is really difficult because it requires a lot of vulnerability. And too many women, I think, are afraid of trusting and they're afraid of not trusting. Okay. I know that, (laughs) but that's the problem, right? It's a bit of an oxymoron. We get stuck in that in-between place where we're afraid to show somebody that we don't trust them and we're afraid to trust them, right? We want to have it both ways because that's where it feels the safest. Of course, 
trusting requires an, a tremendous amount of courage and vulnerability. And really the trust has to be there before the courage can show up. To trust is to be vulnerable. It's to open your heart and to let someone in, not knowing if they're going to cherish your heart or break it. Vulnerability is really the birthplace of trust. And it's also where we find courage and connection and even our faith. But I want to introduce you to a framework that I think just beautifully captures the essence of trust. And it's the braving framework. And it was developed by Brene Brown. If you're not familiar with Brene Brown, you must go and discover her. And if you already are, as I'm sure many of you are, um, you're really going to love what she has to say about trust in relationships. And I highly recommend you check out her book, Braving the Wilderness, where she really gets into the depths of what all of this means. But today we're going to do a quick and brief overview just to kind of get a feel for what we're talking about. This is, this is the groundwork that I think is going to help a lot of people. So Brene Brown's um, braving framework really breaks down trusting into seven key elements. And I'm going to run through them really quickly. And then we're going to go back through it and identify how it relates to you in regards to romantic relationships. So she says, the first thing is boundaries. In any relationship, it is essential to establish trust and know what's okay and what's not okay. Boundaries are the invisible line that defines your emotions and your physical space. They are a sign of self-respect and they are crucial for building trust with others. If you don't have good boundaries, other people are going to be able to pick up on that and they're going to, you know take advantage, or they're just not going to trust you because you don't have good boundaries. You have to have good boundaries in order to be trustworthy. Someone else must also have good boundaries in order for you to trust them. Make sense? The next is R, reliability. Reliability is all about being there when you say you will be there. It's about consistency in your actions and your words. Reliability builds trust over time, and it shows that you can actually be counted upon. Reliability is not a one-time thing, like showing up for a date, just because someone shows up for the first date doesn't make them reliable. It was just one date. Reliable happens over time, okay? The third is accountability, And accountability is that willingness to own your actions and make amends if you make mistakes. It's about saying, I messed up and I'm sorry. Accountability fosters trust because it shows maturity and responsibility. Okay. Now, if you're listening to this and you're starting to like have some things click in your mind, like, oh, kind of makes sense why I didn't trust that person. They weren't accountable. They didn't have boundaries. They weren't reliable. Makes sense. And then we want to stop and and stop accusing ourselves of having trust issues. I don't think most of you have trust issues. I think you're trying to trust people who are not trustworthy. And I hope that this conversation really clarifies that for everyone. Okay. The next one is the vault. The vault refers to the idea of confidentiality. When someone shares something with you, They need to know that it's going to stay with you and vice versa. Respecting someone's privacy and keeping their confidences 
private is key to building trust. Okay. It's not just one of these things. It's all of these things. And the next is integrity. Oh, one of my favorites. This, this is one of my core values. It's one of the things that I sometimes struggle with. And because I really, especially growing up in the church, there's so much in me, at least around like hypocrisy and not wanting to be hypocritical to really um, believe what I say I believe and do what I say I'm going to do. Like all of that's really important to me. But again, it's also a struggle because just like Paul, sometimes you want to do something and you don't, you don't follow through. You don't show up when you said you were going to, and the things you don't want to do, that's what you end up doing. So it's a challenge, but integrity is about choosing to be courageous in moments when it would be easier to be, stay comfortable. It's about choosing what's right over what's easy or fun. And it's about aligning your actions with your values, even when no one's watching. Yeah. That to me means in a relationship that we can really open up because we know that the information we share is going to stay there. Okay. This is hard though, because we also need safe places to discuss what's going on in our relationships. And within the context of domestic violence, sometimes there's like a lot of fear around, like, I can't tell anybody that's breaking confidentiality. This kind of goes back to the vault. And this is why it's so important that we really ground ourselves in this information and we understand it deep in our bones so that we're not easily like tricked into believing things that go against the truth of God. Because to me, this stuff is the truth. We have to show up this way if we want to live a Christ-centered life that is really rooted in the truth of ourselves and our relationship with God and our faith, all of it. Okay, the next one is non-judgment. We have to be able to show up with non-judgment of ourselves and the other person if we're going to stay in a relationship with them. And that means it's because obviously we're going to judge people. We're not trying to say never judge, but non-judgment is the ability to give and receive help without judgment. It's about creating a safe space where both you and the other person can be vulnerable and authentic. So don't just think about like, oh, I'm never going to judge anybody, but really think about when someone asks for help or when I ask for help, what do I make it mean? And more importantly, when you ask for help, because a lot of us, like myself included, I consider myself a great helper. I love helping others. I get a lot of, honestly, I get a lot of validation from it. It's, it's one of my like things. It's really good for me, but asking for help can be really challenging. And the truth is if I can offer help, but I can't ask for help, that I'm honestly probably not being as non-judgmental towards people who come to me for help as I'd like to believe. Obviously, that's something I'm working on all the time to create in my heart a space that is non-judgmental, but just be aware of where that shows up for you. The next one is generosity. And this is our last one. It goes, generosity is all about extending the most generous interpretation of what happened, like the story you're telling about what happened, your circumstances, 
giving it a generous interpretation, a forgiving interpretation, and then asking questions and checking in. And it's about giving people the benefit of doubt also with yourself. Like, can you be generous and forgiving with yourself when you fail? Can you be generous and forgiving of yourself when you are struggling with something? Okay. So this is just the general framework. um, And each of these elements is really a building block of trust. And as we go through today's masterclass and this series, we'll explore how they relate to your relationships and your faith journey. But I also want to kind of tie in the trust triangle because we we're always we're always working with three different groups, okay? And the trust triangle consists of three points: trusting yourself, trusting others, and trusting God. And each point is interconnected and they're all influenced by the others. Okay? So let's start with ourselves. This is where boundaries and integrity are really the core elements that we're going to borrow from the braving framework. Okay. When you trust yourself, you set healthy boundaries and you act with integrity. You listen to your intuition. You listen to that still small voice of Christ within, and you make choices that align with your values and faith. Okay. This is really important. We have to start with ourselves. First of all, it's the easiest place to start. We cannot control God and we cannot control other people. But we do have a fair bit of control over ourselves, often not as much as we would like. I know a lot of us feel like we have a lack of self-control, but building trust is the first step in developing more self-control. Okay. So we want to focus for ourselves on our boundaries and our integrity. Next, we have to work on trusting others. This is very difficult because by the time you are probably 12 years old, a lot has happened. And a lot of people have broken your trust. A lot of people have hurt you. You've already been victimized by somebody at some point. But trusting others is where we're really looking for signs of reliability, accountability, and that vault. When you trust others, you're essentially saying, I believe that you will respect my boundaries, that you will be reliable, and you will keep my confidences. This is really important. But for that to happen, you need to first have boundaries, right? Like in order for somebody to respect your boundaries, you have to establish them. So trusting others is always going to be a two-way street. It's something you give and something you receive. And so we want to make sure that as we are developing these braving um, framework, we're really doing it in ourselves. First and foremost, because it's good for us, but secondly, because it helps us to uh, uh, identify trustworthy behavior in other people. If we're not trustworthy, it's really hard to spot it in others. And if somebody is trustworthy, they will not 
partner with us if we're not in a place of integrity, of confidentiality, of, you know, all the things we just discussed. And the last one is trusting God. Now, I know a lot of you want to put God first, and I understand that. Honestly, you could start anywhere on the triangle. It really doesn't matter. But like I said, we don't get to control God. And it's usually through other people that we are first introduced to God. Obviously, God knows you from the beginning. There's no secrets on his end. He knows you. But God is very much a mystery to us. Okay? So trusting God is the deepest connection. It's the pinnacle of the trust triangle, and it's deeply connected with non-judgment and generosity. And I think this is one of the biggest challenges we have, especially if we've grown up in a Christian environment, we do not necessarily associate God with non-judgment and generosity, even though that's supposed to be like the foundation of our faith, that God is forgiving and he's, you know, his, his kindness is abundant, all that stuff. But a lot of times we come to God very frightened and afraid of how he's going to judge us. We know that he sees all he's omnipresent, omnipotent. And so we have a very hard time wrapping our brain around the idea that God would have a generous interpretation of our behaviors, that he would extend the most generous outlook on our what we're up to, right? But when we trust God, we're extending that to ourselves and to the events and circumstances in our lives. We're also creating a space for non-judgment where we can really begin to be ourselves. And that is essential to having true connection in a romantic relationship. So you see, each point of the trust triangle is interconnected. When you trust yourself, it becomes easier to trust others and God. When you trust God, it strengthens your ability to trust yourself and others. And when you trust others, it reflects your trust in yourself and your faith in God. So we really want to understand that this can be a very balanced and healthy place. All right. But I also see a lot of people, they don't want to put any trust in themselves and they don't want to put any trust in others. They just want to trust God. And I get it. My husband says it all the time. He's like, I don't trust anybody. I just trust God. And I, I get what it means to him, but there's also a challenge to that because at some point you do have to be vulnerable with the things that are important to you. One of my friends once told me, this is a a little tidbit for life that has stuck with me. They said, never, never lend anybody anything with the expectation of giving it back. If you're going to lend something to somebody, just give it to them. And if you get it back, that's a bonus. But if you're going to hold resentment over the fact that somebody took it and they didn't treat it the way that you wanted them to, you know, there's no need for trust there. 
that feels really good because you just surrender it, right? If it comes back, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But the fact is we can't do that with things that are really important to us. This is a great idea for a lot of people. There's just a lot of people in your life you can't trust, right? And in those cases, it doesn't mean you have to have zero contact with them. It doesn't mean that you can't be there for them, that you can't engage, that you can't connect. It just means that you really understand that this is a one-way street, that if you give, you're giving without expectation right? And that's, that's a good thing. But trust really allows us to give knowing, or at least having established enough trust that we can believe that it is safe with them. And I think that is what we ultimately want to have in a marriage relationship. We want to know that we can be vulnerable, that we can show these parts of ourselves that are often hidden and don't get a lot of time and space. And so being able to bring that back and understand it's okay. And there are safe spaces for you to be in that kind of relationship. And that marriage can be one of them is a very powerful and beautiful thing. So as we navigate the complexities of trust, let's try to keep this trust triangle in mind and remember that it serves as a holistic approach to understanding trust and complementing the insights we gained from Brene Brown's um, braving framework. Now, the last thing I want to kind of discuss as we wrap up our exploration of trust today is to bring it all back to where we started, which is our faith. Trust is not just a psychological or emotional concept. It is deeply spiritual. I want to consider... Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. This scripture reminds us that trust is a divine principle, deeply rooted in our relationship with God. Now, the reason we put our trust in the Lord is because he is 100% trustworthy. Some of you have had some spiritual experiences that have made that feel a lot less true. There are some prayers that have gone unanswered. There are some prayers that got a straight up no. And there are some roads that don't look too straight for you right now. And so sometimes it can be really hard to trust in the Lord with all your heart and to not lean on your own understanding, because our understanding is often very wrapped up in this like quid pro quo thing, like I give, you get, da 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 and, and we try to apply a lot of our unhealthy behaviors and expectations and conditioning to our relationship with God, and it falls apart, Okay. And so I want to really help you establish a faith and a trust in God that is rooted in truth, not in these 
often weird expectations that we have of God. We expect him to be different from what he is. We expect him to violate his own laws. We expect him to make exceptions. And like, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> and one of the things I love about God, when it really comes down to it, is that it's consistent. The behavior is consistent. The way he shows up is consistent. And I, I personally appreciate that. Because it means that it's it's not so much about me and I get to really figure out, well, if he's consistent, then it's probably me who's acting inconsistently. It's usually me, right? And so that, that I can work on and then I can develop that consistency so that I can also be trustworthy because that's part of it, right? Like God is a hundred percent trustworthy and we are not, we are not, we fail a lot. And that's okay. God understands that part of us. He accepts that and he works within our current abilities and limitations. And so when we're trusting ourselves, part of that means trusting that God sees us for who we are and understands what we're working with, that he's providing a very generous and forgiving explanation, his story about our lives and our circumstances is extremely generous. And it's good news, right? I think a lot of us are very afraid. And I think part of reestablishing our faith or our connection is knowing that we don't have to be perfect or anywhere even close to that in order to really trust in the trustworthiness of God. Okay. Next, I want to just say the connection between trust and faith. The trust triangle, the braving framework, they aren't just tools for the earthly relationships. They're really spiritual disciplines. When we practice boundaries and reliability and accountability, we're not just being good partners or friends. We're being faithful stewards of the relationships God has entrusted to us. So I want to see each and every one of us really leaning into and becoming trustworthy before, before we go out and try to trust anybody really focus that on that first. And you always hear me talking about adopting the mind of Christ and cultivating the fruit of the Holy spirit. To me, these things go hand in hand. They are one and the same. All right. Because, um, Boundaries and reliability and accountability, a lot of this comes down to action. And we want to make sure our actions are fueled by the fruit of the Holy Spirit rather than fear, anger, frustration, all that stuff. So keep coming back to it. Keep working on understanding your own mind, what emotions are coming up for you and how those emotions are really fueling your behavior and start to identify what emotions are fueling this. Because if I can learn to trust myself with a difficult emotion, like frustration or embarrassment or agitation, um, if I can learn to trust myself and sit in that emotion and not be impulsive, not act out of integrity, not throw my values out the window, I grow and I become more attractive to somebody who is equally trustworthy. Now, one of the biggest problems with equally yoked relationships, when we say we want an equally yoked relationship, 
and this is a little bit off topic, but I, I want to bring it in here because equal yoked relationships mean we're on equal ground. And this is especially difficult within a lot of Christian circles because we have been taught that marriage relationships are hierarchical. So on the one hand, we want an equally yoked partner. On the other hand, we've been conditioned and taught, and some of us do believe that it is much better when a man is that umbrella. I'm thinking about that diagram we've all seen with the umbrella, you know, the coverage <laughs> diagram. But equally yoked means we're on the same ground. We're both getting hit by the same amount of rain. Okay. And as we develop, um, our trustworthiness, we will attract an equally yoked and trustworthy partner. But if we are still in a place of emotional immaturity, of spiritual immaturity, um, we're not going to be acting very trustworthy. We're not going to be doing these things. We're not going to have good boundaries. We're not going to be accountable. We're not going to be people of integrity, all that stuff. We will not keep things in confidence. We will not, you know, we'll be gossiping. We'll be doing sneaky stuff. Like all that stuff starts to come up. And of course, we're going to attract somebody who is equally yoked and we're going to see all that behavior in them as well. So side note, if you are frequently attracting the same type of man and you're seeing the same kinds of things coming up in your romantic partners, that might be a hint of something you want to work on within yourself, okay? Because again, if you are very trustworthy, somebody who is not trustworthy is going to recognize that and avoid it. And so as, and this is really difficult because honestly, I know a lot of us are thinking about dating as a numbers game and in many, many ways it is, but a lot of you are growing, you're developing yourself emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and you're just growing and you're becoming more of the person who you want to be. And that means, and less people do that. There's not as many humans on earth who will put in the effort and time and investment of energy and resources and money to develop themselves. Most people are very comfortable just staying where they've always been, right? Now, if you decide to elevate yourself and evolve, then you're going to leave behind the majority of the dating pool right? But that's a good thing because you really don't want to be in a relationship with the majority of the dating pool. Does that make it more difficult? No, because now the people you're going to be attracting are coming from a much healthier place. They're attracted to you for the right reasons. And so even though there's going to be less, it's going to be higher quality. And we definitely, when it comes to relationships, especially romantic relationships that are positioned for marriage, we definitely want quality over quantity, okay? You only have to find one. You only have to attract the one right guy. And I mean, there's a lot of compatible guys, but at the end of the day, you're just going to choose the one, I assume, right? That's your, He's going to be your person and you're going to be his person. And so really 
allowing yourself to grow into the kind of person that is capable of attracting the kind of person you would like to be married to. Okay. And that about wraps it up. I would love to really hear from you. We're going to be talking about these concepts throughout the week. I definitely want to encourage you to join us in the Facebook group where we're going to have more conversations. I want to do more Q&As about this, but if you have any questions or perhaps a personal story or a testimonial or something related to trust that you'd love to share, I would love to hear because I think that stuff is really important. I think the more we discuss it, the more we really help others to step into this and to show up in a trustworthy way. Um, And it doesn't come naturally. These are things that we need to be taught. And often we didn't get these kinds of lessons growing up. So we have to do it now. And it's a beautiful thing to do. So why resist it? Now, before I let y'all go, I do just want to say thank you for being here with me today. Um, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you wanting to do this because I think it makes a beautiful difference in the world. Trust is a journey. And today was just the first step. And I hope you'll join me next week for our next master class because next week we're going to talk about broken trust and how to heal and rebuild. And we'll also explore how to mend trust once it's been broken. But before we say goodbye, I want to invite you to share anything you'd like to share on social media using the hashtag, hashtag forever love or hashtag honor the, the honor the desire so that we can continue to build this conversation and inspire others. I pray that your journey in trust will bring you closer to others, closer to yourself, and most importantly, closer to God. Have an amazing day and I pray that you will love each other and yourself in every way. Until next week, God bless you and bye for now. Thank you for joining me today on the Forever Love Podcast. If you've resonated with the empowering stories, expert advice, and inspiration shared during this episode, then let's keep that energy going and share this with someone you care about who will also find the message meaningful. But before you go, I have something special for you. Are you a single woman seeking to honor your God-given desires, particularly the desire for love and marriage? Well, Imagine a community where you're supported, learn valuable insights, and have access to the tools to create the love life you've always dreamed of. That is exactly what you'll find in Foundations for Love, our exclusive membership. Picture this. You'll receive complimentary private coaching sessions with me where we'll dive deep into your unique journey and uncover the keys to attracting the love you deserve. You'll also gain unlimited access to our group coaching replay library filled with real life examples, transformations, and breakthroughs so you can learn from others' experiences and accelerate your own growth. But that's not all. You'll also get... But that's not all. As a member of the Foundations for Love program, you'll get instant access to my signature course, Ready for the One 
a comprehensive program designed to equip you with the mindset, strategies, and practical steps to co-create with God the relationship of your dreams. Plus, you'll receive all my other exclusive digital materials to support you on your path to love. The best part? This life-changing membership is available for just $49 per month. That is less than a cup of coffee for private coaching and a treasure trove of resources, guidance, and support on your journey to lasting love. If you're ready to take charge of your love life and embark on a transformative journey, visit my website today at proverbs2426.com love. That's proverbs2426.com love to join Foundations for Love today. Don't let another day go by without investing in yourself and your future. Remember, you deserve a love that refreshes your soul. And the Foundations for Love program is here to guide you every step of the way. Join our vibrant community of like-minded women and let's make your dreams of love and marriage a reality.